Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Deborah and Jackie back in the studio tonight. And we thought we'd tackle an interesting subject, Deb. It's generational curses. Oh, yeah. I've heard that so many times, Jack. And it is so true with, you know, all the things that I've heard and seen even in my own present family. But first, why don't you tell our listeners what is really a generational curse? Well, I think I would define it, Deb, for example, um, as something as simple as if in your family, you have a long history of, of marriage failures. So maybe there's just a series of divorces going back the last 50 or 60 years. And all of a sudden you think, well, I don't want to be married because marriages just don't work. And, you know, my family proves it. Or it can be something as unfortunate as maybe a medical illness mm -hmm. that is passed down from generation to generation. So because of that, you've just said to yourself, you know, I don't want to have a child because I could risk you know, the child having a certain defect or yeah, physical or mental limitation. So it affects my ability to even want to be a parent. Mm -hmm. And then it could also be something too, like um, maybe nobody in your family ever went to school, ever went to university mm -hmm. or, you know, or higher learning in any way that basically most people dropped out of school. And as a result, you know, um, you don't get any encouragement because mm -hmm. some people will sort of, you know, they don't know where you're coming from when you say you want to be more educated or to study something. They're sort of like, ah, well, you know, you can just get a trades job or, or you can make money, you know, driving a bus the way I did. You know, why do you want to spend the money or take the time? And they don't understand your position. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you use the term curse because it really means limitations mm -hmm. that you impose on yourself because of how things have occurred in your family pattern mm -hmm. or in, you know, a certain standard of behavior that has defined how you've grown up and how your perception is. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of interesting. So why don't we maybe look at each one of these individually? Yeah, from, well, from my perspective, um, I think we, in my family, there's a lot of generational curses. And um, some of these curses starts from, the main one that I see is when it comes to education. Um, not any of my family members, as I recall, whether it's my mother family line or my father's family line has ever gone to university. But I broke that this year, uh, last year I went to university. Congratulations. Um, the other thing that I see that is really huge in my family is marriage. Um, up until a couple years ago, it was me and my cousin were the only two people in our family that really got married. And nobody else did. Not my mother, mother, not her mother, mother, not my sister, not my brothers. And so that has become something where I thought, well, I'll never get married. Yeah. Right. And the other thing that is really huge in our family is finance. Um, I grew up with my mother not having a bank account, even up to today. She does not have a bank account. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know what saving is. She spend more than she saves. She knows to spend, but to save, it's not part of their repertoire. Yeah. And I've, always looked at these um, scenarios and I said to myself, what am I going to even fall into that category? But then I decided, no, I cannot. So I kind of break that curse for myself by getting married, going to university, saving, and actually finding better job. Because the other thing too, with my family, when it comes to work, everybody was prone to just either farming or housekeeping or babysitting. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I want to do business. I'm a businesswoman. And my first business job was when I was around 19, where I got an ice box 
and I bought some drinks, like some sweet drinks, like juicy. Those of you from the Caribbean who know, bought juicy, some beer and stuff. And it was carnival time. I went down in that town where we had the caravana and I sold my drinks and I felt good. I made $2,000 from $40. Wow. Okay. And that's how I bought my ticket to come to Canada. Excellent. Because I'm like, no, something has to happen. You know what I mean? So there's so many things that each person has to be individually accountable for, for breaking those curses. And sometimes they just kind of take that high road and say, oh, well, my mother, mother never did it. So why should I do it? It's kind of like when we're growing up, um, there are certain things that your parents would do and we would ask, mom, why do you do that? She goes, I don't know. I saw my mother used to do it. Yeah. And so I do it. Or my grandmother used to do it. But you have no re- no idea why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And so these things come back to really bite us later on. Or it really doesn't cause any kind of um, growth in our lives. You know, it's just that stumbling block all the time. because, And it's almost like we expect it. Mm-hmm. And so when we live our life, it's like an expectation waiting to happen. Yeah. And the mind is the battlefield. And once you already perceive it, you're going to receive it. And so this is kind of like the mindset of the generational curse of family that has that kind of dynamics. Well, I would say that I can relate to two of those areas as well, particularly finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I look back on on how I was brought up, it's probably why I've always had such an excessive, maybe heavily spending oriented focus instead Mm -hmm. of like saving and being organized and planning because I didn't grow up in that environment and I do think it affects your pattern of doing things because first of all money was always very secretive in my house Uh, my parents really didn't discuss it certainly not with their children they didn't feel it was any of their business to know how how things were conducted Mm -hmm. so only if something went wrong or maybe there was a job loss or issues you know then you'd feel the stress of you know financial strain and the burdens associated with that right but basically um, I would just see my parents, they were, they were very indulgent, you know, with both of us. Mm-hmm. So whether it was taking us to McDonald's or buying pizzas, whenever we wanted it, we always got those things. Mm-hmm. And as I became a teenager, it would be like for my mom and I just to go shopping. It was a big thing, like for my mom and I, I mean, basically that's how we would spend our weekends. You know, like as a teenager, I w- would remember she would always just take me shopping. We'd go over to the mall and she'd just buy me what I liked, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just the way we kind of interacted with each other. You know, we'd go and we'd get our drinks and our snacks and then we'd go and buy something. And for me, it was always, you know, going in Aldo and picking up a shoe or, you know, or looking for something that was on sale or something. So I sort of developed a pattern. And for me, as a younger child, I wasn't, or even as a, a teenager, I wasn't, I didn't have that many close friends. So I think shopping kind of became a way for me to sort of define myself, you know? So even if I didn't get along with someone, it wasn't the same that you get bullying today. It was mm-hmm. just sort of like people would ignore you yeah. or wouldn't invite you places, you know? Nobody right. would nobody would be physically taunting you on social media, but you would just know that you weren't in the in-group, you yes. know what I mean? you weren't and in that, the clique. <laughs> yeah, so that's how people would kind of treat you. And for me, I would just sort of like, well, I don't need you. You know, yeah. I got shoes on Saturday, you know, so I'm going to wear my shoes and I don't need you to that's talk to right. me. You know? That's right. Lady in you know? red. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I think that as a result, I sort of thought that money was kind of always available to me. Mm. And that's how I kind of spent with credit. You know, the more that was given to me was the more I enjoyed. So I think it was really kind of a pattern that I sort of figured I knew my parents owed bills and I figured I just owe them too. And yeah. that was life, you know? And you also use it too as an escapism, right? Because it was, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it yeah. was, you know, it, it had other elements attached to it, but definitely I didn't grow up, as you say, with a plan, you know, right. where there was a focus that, 
you know, because I had part-time jobs and things, but I basically spent everything that I got, just right. like you described how your mom did. Right. And I never thought that I could set aside something or have less of something because I already had enough. It was just a process of continually building and acquiring. Yeah. So I didn't have that great respect for money, which I now realize is more important the older I get. But I certainly didn't start out with that. And on the other side, I always remember my parents used to say, because I personally have never been married, but my sister was married and they used to always say to her, even when she was having marital problems, well, we don't have divorce in this family. So we, we always used to hear that, you know, that uh. people, people don't get divorced in this family. But yet the reality is there were marriages that broke down. Uh, my grandparents' marriage, which was very traditional many years ago, and it was a marriage of affluence because my grandfather was a prominent person. But when the marriage broke up, it was a lot of splintering within the family and things. Mm -hmm. So good marriages do break up. But I think, um, you know, my sister, when her marriage did end, there was a lot of insecurity. And I think I've always felt like looking back at how my mother's family broke up when she was younger and my sister's family, I've never been really that crazy about marriage. About unless, getting married. Yeah, unless it's the right person that should that can come into your life really at any right. age. But I mean, I think there's always that risk there that when the marriage breaks up, you know, there's a lot of bad blood that happens. There's so many external factors. And I've just never really seen marriage as that, you know, validating conclusion mm -hmm. to, you know, to happiness and satisfaction. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that it, it does come from the patterns that you have in your own family. Uh, yeah. And just to piggyback on the marriage thing, like when my, mar when my marriage uh, fell apart, um, I really didn't think of it as a loss. I just think of it as a lesson and it was an experience. And I was happy to have gone through that experience because now um, going forward, I know what I need in order to have a better marriage. I know what I need to. Um, and it's basically boundaries. If we don't set boundaries in our lives, everything will just be open. It will be open season. And so um, setting those boundaries will actually help me to really acquire a better relationship for me and my spouse. Um, when it comes to finance, even with my mom, like right now, you know, she's with me and you know, she still want to live that life of just free spending. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, I know you're not working for it, mm -hmm. but can you please take care of my money sometimes? Yeah. Cause you don't always, I said, you can't ask for everything, not everything you see and I said that to her casually and she got really mad at me. She said, yeah. oh, just because you're giving me a dollar, you think you could talk to me anyhow. I said, no, I'm just trying to remind you that you're still living that life that costs money, but you don't make the money. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. You know, I, I am at an age where I should be saving for my retirement mm -hmm. and my son, you know. But parents sometimes have this um, dependency or this obligation thinking that their kids supposed to be the one to support them. But really, it's only about respect. We're supposed to respect you and honor you according to the Bible. And yes, if you, we won't see you hungry and not feed you. We won't see you homeless and not give you a shelter or clothesless and not clothe you. Yeah. But it's the, it's the expectation that comes with it sometimes. And so we can't really build a future if we have someone constantly taken from us. You know what I mean? Because they haven't learned that when they were... And you know, it's really hard to bend an old tree. 
It is very true. You know, yeah. so we can't go back and teach you something that you should have learned from a teenager where you, you, your parents missed that step because nobody was there to teach them that. And that's why it becomes a generational issue because how your parents raise you is how you're going to raise your children and how your children are going to raise their children. It's a pattern. Yeah. And we have, at some point, somebody has to say, no, I didn't like the way my parents raised me. So I am not going to raise my son like that. And even now with me raising my son, she hates it. She's, she, she, because my mom is very controlling. Mm -hmm. And my son would say to her, granny, don't talk to me like that. Mm -hmm. Because I come from a family where the way we talk about things, we yell and shout. We have temper tantrums. We we're very temperamental. Like Mine we, too. we yep. will yell and shout and cuss you. We, we never apologize. Yeah. We're very unapologetic. Mm -hmm. And those are the kind of things to that, um, make life so difficult when with within your own families like i walk around expecting but i'm not really doing the expectation that is expected of me yeah so yeah, yeah very it's, it's very sad it's very sad but when you have an opportunity to break these curses i mean you have to break them because everyone at the end of the day has to give an account when it comes to judgment for god we have to give an account. We can't say, oh, well, because my mother didn't do this. That's why I turned up that way. No, you have an accountability for yourself. You can make changes that is going to better your life for you. Yeah, I totally agree. Because even now, as my parents get older, I start to look at the financial mistakes that they've made. Because when it comes to how far they should have been ahead, like if I look at a mortgage or something and I say, wow, you bought the house for this much. And 30 years later, you know, you're still paying something on it. And mm -hmm. I ask myself questions. I'm like, you know, but I, I don't want to be judgmental on them because they raised a family. And mm -hmm. if you've never raised a family, you don't know the responsibilities, the costs and the obligations that are involved. So they did it, as you said, the best way they knew how. Mm -hmm. But now when they get older and they don't have the things that they need as easily or the things that they have always been secure in can be more at risk. Because oh, the of, accessibility. Yeah, because of how they lived, then you, you feel a little saddened. And, and that's one of the reasons that I myself have changed the way I spend money and having maybe more respect for it, maybe the first time in my life, because, you know, it's never too late for a shower of rain, as exactly. they say. So you can wake up and change some of your attitudes and ask yourself questions. Like for the first time when I go into stores and even though I may see something, I really say, do I really need this? And I can answer that question and say, no, you really don't. Yeah. I mean, you, you have enough. And what is the point of this? What is this going to add to what you already have? Mm -hmm. When even if it's 30 or $40, that could be used more effectively for groceries exactly. or to set aside a certain amount of money instead of just, you know, uh, just not even thinking and like just throwing money out a car window. You but know, I, but I think too, one of the big reasons why these generational curses continue is because of the sacrifice nobody's willing to make. It's about sacrifice. Sometimes you gotta, if you want to see the rain, but you gotta put up, put up with a little bit of a rain, you know? And when it comes to sacrifice, sacrifice meaning, well, I want to go to university and you want to think highly of yourself. I want to go to university. What does it take for me to go to university? It takes you to study. It takes you to not go partying. It takes you not to do all these things that is just, you know, not in the best interest to take you where you want to go yeah. and just focus on the task ahead. You know what I mean? And a lot of people find it easier to just deflect from that and just continue doing the bare minimum. And when you continue doing the bare minimal, the result is going to be bare minimal. Exactly. That's it. So I'm, I'm about, you know, doing the most.
Right, Deb, it is about sacrifices because as you say, if you want to accomplish a goal, you have to sacrifice and you can't let people sort of say to you, well, you know, that's going to be so impossible, you know, mm -hmm. given the way you do things and how you've managed things or how you've handled yourself, you know, you're going to have an impossible struggle on. And you kind of have to try to, to break that curse or break, break those limiting thoughts, those you know, limitations. Yeah, yeah, whether it's about advancing your education or paying down your debts or even most importantly, you know, we didn't address the third point we made, which is, um, if you have a disease or an illness in your family, yeah. because sometimes a, a lot of women, uh, you know, or even men, if they know they may carry a gene for something that could cause, you know, um, deformity or certain problems in the upbringing of the child, they don't want to, to father a child or a woman doesn't want to become pregnant because she knows that it could be, you know, a difficult situation for her, especially if you've seen the illness in your family. So you say, no, not for me. Uh, not everybody. Some people are still willing to take the risk, even mm -hmm. though because just having a baby means that much to them. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of cases, you have to kind of step beyond and maybe say, well, maybe there's more research now than when uh, my cousin was born or, you know, when, when uh, another family member had 30 or 40 years ago. So mm -hmm. I can use the knowledge I have to, to maybe have a better outcome. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of break those curses and break those fears by stepping in front of it and saying, you know, um, I'm just not going to live with, with the same limitations. I'm not going to have, you know, the same barriers determine, you know, what I can and can't can accomplish. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you just, you just try to, to move past it. But it, it is difficult because I, I love that phrase you use, the battlefield of the mind, because mm -hmm. everything really does begin in there. Yeah. That's where if we can control our thoughts and get our thoughts to lead us in the direction of, of change and productivity and uh, greater expectations and more confidence in ourselves, mm -hmm. then we have really better control over our destiny and, a better and life, the outcomes life that we yeah. have coming. Yeah. Yeah. So it really, it really does become a question of that. So yeah. you don't have to, to have that fear govern you, you know, and, and this is a big thing we talk about, even when we mention, you know, uh, the Bible and its religious principles. Fear is so fundamental it in is. everything. It because cripples the mind. It really does. Because when you're afraid, you just shut down. And, um, you just, you don't step into your best self. No. You let other situations or even other people direct your path instead of going on your own, uh, journey and, and taking risks with confidence, you know, knowing that you can get a good outcome. If you just keep sticking to something, you know, you make the changes that are necessary and you assert yourself, you know, yeah. the right way. Fear has a lot of, uh, how should I say? Fear has a lot of, uh, compartmentalized um, theory into just keeping you at bay. Um, when, when you have fear of doing something that you could possibly or potentially be successful at, you start thinking the least. So it creates inadequacy. It creates, you know, poor self-esteem. It creates that barrier that everybody else is saying, well, if I couldn't do it, what make you think that you can do it? And so you start procrastinating. Well, if she couldn't do it and she's so intelligent, she went to university. Why, wh how, how can I do it? Or even like on social media, you, when you look on social media, you see 10,000 people doing the same thing. And you look at that and say, well, 10,000 people is already doing that. What make you think that I'm going to be successful at doing that? But it's about your packaging. It's about your delivery. It's about who you are. You are your own brand. Yep. And so you can't let none of these things detour you from your success.
Because we are our worst enemy. We, are. we can step in front of ourselves and say, well, we're not going any further. Well, who's going to come push us if we don't push ourselves? You know, and so we stay in those limitations that creates these generational curse from generation to generation. And at the end of the day, we just have a failed family system. And I think a great story from the Bible that really applies to this and, and how you should look at things is the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. When you look at that story and you think, you know, uh, and anyone can read it in the Bible, I believe it's Matthew. Right? It's, it's in Matthew, yeah. yeah. And uh, the prodigal son story, to, to, to cut it short, is simply a son wanted his inheritance early, got it from the father, went out, squandered his money, you know, on crazy women and partying and all kinds of things. And when he had no money left, he basically would, would just have to eat with the pigs because he really had nothing, you know. And he woke up one morning and he realized, you know, I can go back and, and I can beg my father and say, I made a mistake and, you know, and I can start over, you know, even if he'll give me a menial job at the house, I'll come back and say, look, I, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. and, and the moral of the story is that even when we fail, he was able not only to be received, but to be received with grandeur mm -hmm. because he fell short mm -hmm. and he, he, he did, he did make a mistake and lost everything. But, you know, the father still had such great love for him that he could he could start over again, you know, mm -hmm. and, and face all of his fears and his mistakes and still have a good life, you know, because it's, it's like you can always come back, you know, from your mistakes. So sometimes even if we fail because we have a, a, a set of patterns mm -hmm. that we are limited by, um, that mistake is something that we can recover from and we can learn from and we can approach things from a new, fresh perspective and get a better outcome for ourselves. Well, I'm glad you chose that because mine is actually Job, you know, who had everything and then all of a sudden he had nothing, not nothing, not even the clothes on his back. And, and it just goes to show you that in all this generational curse that we're actually thinking about, the one thing that we fail to remember and count on is God's grace and his mercy. Yeah. And that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Yeah. And so we don't have to live those limitations because our family were limited based on their resources, but we can live to our fullest potential through the love of Jesus Christ. That's beautiful. So basically take the limits off of God is what you're saying. Basically. And, and just open yourself up to all the potential. Yes. And even the, the things that stand in the way from our family, um, our activities like in business or whatever, you know, where we've had failures or disappointments, we can still come back and use uh, sometimes the mistakes of the past to strengthen and recover in, in the, in the present. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's because of all the limitation that we put on ourselves, why we can't see God handiwork in all of it. Because when we suppress ourselves from the fruitfulness that he really has, because he said, the plans I have for you, is to prosper you yep. and do good things for you. Abundance. So, abundance. Yep. So why should we limit ourselves to say, well, we can't have the things that we desire. He's not going to fulfill all your desires. He's just going to fulfill the ones that he knows that you need. Not what you want, but what you what need. Best for you. So yep. we have to trust God for that if we're going to break these generational curses. We do. Well, I, I think we've said... Quite a lot about generational curses. Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, nothing really, except to say that, you know, um, the past is something we can't do anything about. The future is unknown, but the present is where we kind of 
merge aspects of both those two elements to come into our own destiny and our own sense of value. And it's a journey for all of us. Sometimes it's a longer journey than we expected and we don't really know um, what direction we're going to wind up in or if we're even going to get, as you say, the things that we may think are best for us because sometimes they're not. But we leave everything in God's hands. We have to really learn to cast our cares and place increasing confidence in him as a guiding force, you know, that directs our path. And whatever stands in the way, uh, always remember, I think, that there's a difference between being weak and being, uh, you know, the type of person that just doesn't take any chances, doesn't yeah. really put themselves out there. Who don't risk it. For and nothing. don't risk anything. So, I mean, if you're just too afraid to just kind of go for it, despite the risks, you're never going to reach yeah. uh, God's full plan for your, for your life. Risking goal. it is living. Yeah. Risking is living. That's how I look at it. And as you said, you know, a lot of us spend so much time um, thinking about the past that we miss the present. And then a lot of us think so much about the future that we don't even represent the present. And that's why the present is a gift. So we just have to live in the present. Absolutely. The Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will work itself out. Worry only enough for today. Right. And if I could feed the birds of the air, why can't my heavenly father feed me as well? Right. So why do I have to worry about anything? You know, there's so much knowledge in the word of God. And if we just submerge ourselves into it, I don't think we'll have all these things like generational curses and all these sort of other things that elements that we're dealing with. No, so, we won't. Yeah. Well, I hope this brings you guys a lot of, um, Insight, insights, encouragement. Yeah. And, and it gives meditate on that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so we thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. We will.